And, and that's the, the interesting thing. And to expound on what I was expressing earlier, make sure I'm clear. The person that they see who is acting in a role right now, keep in mind it's acting. But for some people, they look at that and they validate that as reality. So even though this is scripted, they look at that and validate that, how that person is conducting themselves as reality. And then they apply that same role to you as a person. Do you think that is a, a respectable way of acknowledging people? Thank you for listening to Corners and Conversations by Just Contributor Support, better known as JCS. New episodes are released every other Friday. For more information, visit jcsupport.org. J as in just, C as in contribute, the word support.org. To get updates when new episodes are available, text the word podcast to 855-691-4921. Check the description for details. Stay tuned. What are some things you think children fear today? To tell you the truth, there's no fear because it's like... They out here being reckless. Right. They doing whatever. Wolfens don't hurt like they used to. It's like the from what their actions and when it's time for them to face their consequences, it's no fear. They don't care. And it's like, so I don't get that. So do you think it's because there was a change in the tone of uh, what is defined as discipline when you talk about society today? Yep. Because what's what's interesting was back then going, I was going to school, you'd be paddled if you did something wrong. Right? Okay. There, there was always a level of correction or accountability is what I like to call it. To correct someone, whether it's your child or not, in today's society, it doesn't matter what the, the reason for it is, it's considered child abuse. Right. No matter what the situation is, this person almost beat somebody to death, so the parent is going to discipline them, it's still child abuse. If the <laughs> child is doing something they have no business doing, the parent was to, you know, discipline that child, it's still child abuse. To prevent something that is illegal, the parent whoop the child is considered child abuse, right? Right. So the way how I look, uh, what I'm trying to say, the way how I unravel that, there's less parents being involved because you can argue that a parent is doing too much and that is correct, but is the parent involved? Hmm. In order for the parent to be there doing the whooping, they have to be involved. That That's my logic. So now it's parents that are not as involved with children right parents are not as informed of what their children is doing because they can't keep up the level of understanding that they have based on what i've witnessed their education stopped when they graduated high school so when we talk about parenting how many parents have you heard going back to a class to get certified in parenting how many parents you have heard, not too many. hey, look, y'all better behave. I'm going to night school because I'm learning how to be a better parent. Like, I've never heard that phrase Me either. come out of anybody's mouth. When you look at the, the habits of what was considered normal back then are now unacceptable today. Now that those practices, rather it was warranted or not, as in it was allowed or admissible, and now it's, hey, we don't do that anymore. That's abuse. That's abuse. It doesn't matter what the intent, the logic or the reason for it, it is no longer acceptable in today's society and going forward. 
So those things or practices is what I'm going to describe it as has stopped. So when we ask this question, what is it that children fear? Because at least worst case scenario, if I get home and get a whooping, like that was my logic growing up. Well, actually, I always got the whoopings because your aunts and your mother never took responsibility. And I wanted to watch Power Rangers. So I took the whooping so I could watch Power Rangers. OK, I watch my Power Rangers, <laughs> but I digress. What I see happening now, when you look at the news, when you look at your environment and you look at how people conduct themselves. There's not a level of somebody at home is going to hold me accountable or somebody in the neighborhood right. is going to hold me accountable. Somebody in the community is going to hold me accountable. If there was never a respect for that, at least there was a fear of that. Now that is removed. <laughs> and so when you look at the cost of a life. If you look at today, how people conduct themselves, it looked like it is the cheapest price. Then in history. Like people are losing their life over what? Was that followed by the wrong influence or, you know, the parents are not stepping up to do the right thing. I always got wolf for doing anything. And it's crazy because sometimes I would either finesse my way out the whooping or <laughs> if you're like me and you had a sister like Kiana. But do she use that as leverage? Like, so look, I just took that L for oh, you. Not really. So you're going to have to. Double back and give me two bags of chips or you're going to have ask grandma or grandma, you know, this because she didn't use that to the left. See, look, that's what's wrong. Never time she was, she was always real. So I was like, it's good to have a good sister. <laughs> you know what the sad part is? It's opposite with me. So I was always the one who took the fall when like when your mama or your aunt did something. So that that's funny how. It works when you look at how generations pass and the same things that we used to disagree over or whatnot. Right. It's like it's now y'all turn to disagree over those things. Uh, so let's switch gears for a minute. How would you define a healthy masculine male today? It's two people. And it's crazy because they both have the same position because it's on my dad's side is that uncle. And on this side, it's you because it's like y'all setting the bar pretty high. And it's like for him, he's always telling me y'all go as grown up under us is to be better than your parents. And, you know, it's like he's kind of opening doors for us to either take or, you know, just to see what's going on. I value that. I take that. But I'm the only uncle on your mama's side. I just want to yeah. point that out. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of cheap. But um, but I, the reason why I ask that question is when you look at today, a, a conversation of what defines a gentleman or what defines masculinity, what defines right. a male, that is not a set path or set characteristics or certain principles that people follow anymore. The definition of what defines a male there's so many follow-ups and but wait or in this situation it it seems like it's tougher for somebody to just be themselves if they're a masculine male compared to what everybody else is right. able to express themselves as would you say with those two examples having an uncle on both sides that you could go to and they tell you what you need to hear not what you want to hear or they hold you accountable do you say that 
more people have access to that level of understanding nowadays? Or do you think it's less people who have that support group that hold them accountable if they get out of line? I'll say it's less people because, you know, as you look at it, not too many people have family members that's either with them or in jail or dead, you know, and it's it's crazy. I still have all my people. and I'm grateful for that. That's one way to look at it. Because there are some people that it's they may have a similar they may be at a similar place in life as you, but they're not happy. Right. And that's why they either hate on you or you end up becoming friends. And it's like they want to either become you because you have what they actually want. Or it's just another day where you and your friend either because one day you're mad at them. Next day y'all back cool. And it's like you learn so much and you see what's going on in their life. And you're like, Mm -hmm. I I got this. So I I really understand the feeling you feel but well, where do you think that type of energy come from? You think it starts from their that individual looking at their family and they seeing the type of person who they are when they look in the mirror and then they go to school and they see how you conduct yourself or based off of the conversations that you have with them? Because I, I, there's what I'm trying to say, there's nothing wrong for somebody looking at an example or somebody the same group as them or same age as them and say, man, that's that look like a good place to be. I want to be in that position. But then somehow it turns into they're now upset with you because they want what you have. But you saying you got to do that with your own family. No, it's not that because I don't mind people coming over and, you know, experience it because we all have a, a good family. We might say it's weird, but to other people, you know, we have a fun, you know, caring family and they will, you know, I don't mind them being a part of it. You you say that now, but if some if, oh, if yeah, people coming over, yeah, yeah. So you, <laughs> I, I, mama, I'm about to go to work. What you doing here? Well, you know, mom's had cooked some red beans. <laughs> Hold on now, we not feeding the neighborhood around here. You know, what once you start seeing how other people are being treated in your family, and it's just like, well, hold on, I don't get that same level of treatment. Now that makes you start thinking about stuff. Yeah, I you should know. never done this. Yeah, like, I should have never invited y'all in. See, this is the problem right here. When you let the, all these people in and they getting all this good treatment and good food, now they don't know how to act. Um, what part do you think you play in society? That's kind of a question I really don't know how to answer because it's like, yeah, I really don't know how to answer that question. And I asked that question because when you look at society today, mm-hmm. when you look at who you are as an individual, right? When we talk about identity, well, let's break this down even more. When we talk about identity, it's not just who you are as a person. Right. Identity is the family that you represent. Identity is the culture that you express. Identity is the values and principles that you expect or what you establish for others as in boundaries how right. people are able to communicate with you. There's also the the different realm of expectations. So there's expectations you have of yourself. There's expectations your family and friends have of you. And then there's the expectation that society has about you. So a lot of people today, looking at it from the outside looking in, I don't, <clears throat> I don't go to the same school as you as you go to school. <laughs> right? 
when you look at that conversation, there's so many misunderstandings that is out there in society. But they expect for you to understand what part you play in society. And they also expect for you to go along that path without any correcting. So to add context to this question, what part you play in society, the way how you respond to that is understanding who you are as an individual first. Mm-hmm. You may not know what everybody else thinks, but you know what you think, right? That's all that matters. Right. Let's start to build that foundation for you. Because you are 17, about to be 18 years of age. How do you wish for people to respect you? How do you teach people how to respect you? Treat them the same way they treat me. If we got respect on the level, you know, the way we can talk to each other, I do the same thing with you. Now, if it's just disrespectful, I'm going to just treat you like I don't really care. Or I just go, go about your day. Mm-hmm. When you look at TV shows, when you look at movies, when you look at music videos and all of that, do you say the the people who look like you communicate to others how you wish to be treated? Because the way I ask that is, you're not making the music videos. You're not making the movies. You're not on the TV shows being that actor at that point in time. But what the public sees is considered a representation of who you are as an individual, right? Do you think other people learn how to treat you respectfully by looking at people who look like you on TV? No. Some people, they just, it's like, they don't care. Or it's just, they feel their own type of way to where they don't need anyone. Or it's like, why should I even need to talk to you or respect you? You know, you ain't going to be in my life. Which mm-hmm. is crazy because the way I look at some things is, I will respect everybody because you know what if we get into the real world where we're all like 25 26 you right. know we're trying to get this job making this good money next thing you know it's that person you know eighth or ninth grade you done messed over so bad you know he's the boss and you know that's how you who you gotta go to to hire mm. and it's like you're gonna apply for this job not knowing once you and him find finally meet he's gonna remember you off the top you know that's why i'm truly and I honestly respect everyone. Never really had no beef with nobody or right. or anything. Well, why is it that people always remember the negative stuff? Like, hey, how you doing? I applied for the job. Oh, you key on. Yeah, I remember you. You stuffed me in the locker. Yeah, I'd never forget that day. Like, come on, man. That was a decade ago. Like, we didn't move on. Can't let life. it go. Look, we didn't have three different presidents since then, and you you still worried about that? And and that's the the interesting thing. And to expound on what I was expressing earlier, make sure I'm clear person that they see who is acting in a role right now. Keep in mind, it's acting. But for some people, they look at that and they validate that as reality. So even though this is scripted, they look at that and validate that, how that person is conducting themselves as reality. And then they apply that same role to you as a person. Do you think that is a a respectable way of acknowledging people? Yes and no. Because you can't just go off of what you either seen on TV or just heard from another person that may have came up to you and was like, you know, I heard this guy was so-and-so and mm-hmm. how this went. And it's like, you might get a different idea of who he really is or if he's just acting in front of people. Okay. Okay. 
So what examples that you think people should see more of when it comes to them who want to understand you as a person, who want to understand you as a family member? And just what you expect out of life, is there a certain a certain values or a set of principles that you go off of? Like if somebody was to say, what is it that you want wish for people to know about you? How do you educate them on that? I'm a real person. Tell you the truth. It's like, even though we might not like the same things, we can still be cool. It's just, you're going to have your time. I'm at my time. You know, we can still be friends. And it's not much you can't do because there's certain things you can at least try. Not say, not saying you have to, but try to put yourself in their shoes and see what they do or if they like to do this, let me try this. I got some spare time. <laughs> See why they like this so much. You never know. You might like what they like doing. Does what your parents uh, try to tell you about when you was younger, does that make sense today? Like if they say, these are the things you need to pay attention to because if you want to be a good person, this is what you have to do. You have to make sure every all of your siblings are taken care of before you ask for something. They'll right. say you need to do that first because you're the oldest. You got to have that responsibility right. or the you have. I'm about to leave, but you have to make sure everybody in the house does not destroy the house. I hated it, but I understand now. So it, so having that same logic doesn't make sense now, even though you didn't ask to be born. <laughs> right. You didn't ask for siblings. I don't know if you did or not, but no. this is the situation. <laughs> but they say, I know you're not prepared for this. But that's not an excuse. You still have to make sure all of these chores are taken care of, all these objectives are met, and they go about their way. And that's like a risk sometimes you got to take, even if you don't want to, because to be honest with you, I had more fun with my brothers and sisters than <laughs> with my mom, because it's like, if she leave us in the house, to be honest with you, we're going to mess up the house together. <laughs> but we're going to get it back clean as a group. But, you know, now that I'm older, you know, it's like, you know, y'all can have fun. I spend time with y'all. But right now, you know, I'm just enjoying my, my time. I'm still end up coming back in here to coach y'all and make sure everything clean, you know, when she get home. Otherwise, I always had fun with them. So if we did mess up the house, it, it was we'd a, get it right back it was, clean before she gets through that door. It was a joint operation. Everybody had a part to play. <laughs> and was it one person who didn't go with the plan? Then they it messed was, it up for everybody? Nah, if they did, they'll be... They on their own? Everybody like, uh-uh, they were voted off the island. Yep. They get their punishment that'll be by the person who, uh, who we blame. <laughs> it's a, now you're giving out secrets now. Don't be telling <laughs> everybody all the secrets. When you think about relationships and stuff like that, would you say your parents prepared you for that relationship? Like what to expect when you meet somebody, express your interest in them? And what does it truly mean to be together in a relationship? Was that something that you was really prepared for? Or was that one of those things in life where you were experiencing it as you were going about it? Uh, tell you the truth, my mom never wanted me to have a girlfriend because it's just like they have cooters and all this and yada, yada, yada. And I was like, I hear you. but I'm not hearing you. Like, it was going <laughs> through my head, and it just left out the other ear. And I was sitting there like, ah, all right, you, you have your time. I'm going to have my time. And it's like, well, my dad, he was like, to be honest with your son, you don't need to be in no, no relationship. Would you say it would be different if your parents was to have that, that level of communication? Like, we know you're going to find somebody. But these are the things that would, would make you a better boyfriend. Or these are the qualities that you look for in a future wife. 
And if they are able to achieve these expectations or objectives, these are the people that you focus on. Was that even a conversation to be had? Well, my mom, no. Now with my dad, it was like, yeah, you can't just date a pretty girl who has nothing going for her. Right. Like you want something who someone who's either on your level or past your level who's willing to work with you. With that being said, like when we talk about expectations and responsibilities and what is expected of you as an individual, mm-hmm. not too long ago we were having a conversation about the military, which you was thinking about getting into and stuff like that. Right. right. The follow up question is if you didn't see anybody in the military, let's say a family member, would that still be something you thought about or think about getting into? Yes, because it's like every school year never fails. Either in two classes or one, they have that one guy who went to the school, went to the military or somewhere, and was like, hey, you know, if you kind of got an idea where you want to go for school or what you want to be in life, you can join the military. Nothing going to come out of your pocket. You got a secure bag pretty much. And it was like, I like it. I want to do it. But it's like. So much more things I could really do mm-hmm. that I want to do that has me second guessing about whether I should go or not. So do you think picking a, a career path now that takes away from you choosing other careers later on? No, because by the time you hit 30, which I learned from a lot of people nowadays, you won't find that job you want until you hit 28, 29 to 30, because that's when you are really figure out what you love doing or, mm-hmm. you know, what, what you comfortable comfortable with waking up early in the morning to go do and things like that. I feel you. The, the, the mindset that I had, well, while I focused on a lot of stuff, especially if you think about the past 10 years, it was based off of giving family a reality of what's possible for some people is, oh, going to school, you know, that's an option. Oh, yeah. That's not for me. The, the thing was, I was more passionate about my family seeing me walk across the stage because the generations after me can see that that's a reality. Right. Now, I don't think a lot of people say, oh, let me call my uncle, my aunt, or somebody in the family who went to college to see what they had to do to prepare for college or what what is time management, what is things to focus on. The... So when I look, I think about that, it's like, all right, if I go to college, my nieces and nephews can see that that's possible. It may be something they think about. Now, that's the opposite for the military. <laughs> I joined the military to be able to get benefits so that way family would not have to join the military. So when we have the conversation of, oh, I see that military thing looking too bad there. You know, you, you look like a, a established disabled <laughs> veteran, you know. <laughs> and it's like the the thing was to get those things, take advantage of those opportunities. And then whatever the investment is, or I should say the return on that investment, take that and then I bring that back to the family so that way they can move forward. They could do things. Those were some of the objectives that I wanted to accomplish, which was able to check off a good bit when you reflect on the stuff that you've accomplished. Even though you're 18 or about to be 18, I don't think people in your position think about I've been alive for 18 years. Yeah, I look at it as I've been alive for 19 because you don't really count the year and you was a baby. And it's like, <laughs> I've been alive for 19 years. I'm I'm living my life. Right, and right. it's like, 
It's, it's really cool, and it's I, I really like it. That's why I spend a lot of time with family. As you get older, you might want to spend a lot of time with your grandparents, and you never know when he's going to call them. Right. It's a valid point. Uh, my last thing, a last question. As a young male, do you think you are equipped to survive in society today? Yes, because it's like I know so much. I'm not saying um, I know what I need to know for life because I know it's going to hit me with a lot of things I'm not prepared for. Right. I know a good bit that can help me get to a spot to where I can sit there and think on what's the next move for without no hesitation. Go there. And, you know, I'm I'm kind of prepared for it. I be on the Internet searching. I watch some people go from the struggle to living life and, you know, ways they did it or things we could do or things we can avoid because I heard loans are just, yeah, not it. So I, it's like I don't plan on taking out loans, but I know it's going to happen. So, yeah. What do you think would be the, the two main things you would uh, take out a loan for? Two biggest things. Uh, my business, multi-million dollars. Okay. Uh, after that, I would say either my house, yeah, either my house or just to renovate my house. One of the two. Okay. That is a valid way of looking at that. When you look at housing, that is a very big purchase. Right. Some people don't look at it that way. But when you look at a house, that's depending on the type of house you buy and how long the loan is, that's a long commitment. Like if somebody say, if me and you was to be together, that's going to be minimum 30 years that you're going to have to invest in me. 30 years. Oh, man. But people don't think of a mortgage like that, though. Right. Because that's a commitment. So each month you're making that payment. So when you think of 12 times 30, that's what, 360 payments? Don't quote me on that, y'all. <laughs> that's why, you know, every chance I get, instead of me paying the amount I'm supposed to pay, I'm paying a little bit more so that way I can get that done quicker and start on the next operation. That's interesting. At this time, do you have anything for me? I would say I want to join the military and uh, go through the basic training, but, you know, I've seen what you've been through. That's a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I mean... It's a good thing because, you know, you're doing great for the family and, you know, it's actually helping. And I just wanted to know, so how's all this going? Because I know it's it's kind of messing with you because you're holding, I wouldn't say not necessarily holding everything, but you're pretty much the glue that's holding the family together. It, it happens good days and it's bad days. It was some days that I checked my bank account and said, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm being responsible. And when somebody say, hey, we about to go, you know, about to go out, do this, that, and third. Like, yeah, y'all do that. I oh, mean, you don't want to come with? No, I got to be responsible. <laughs> now, every day is I really be flat broke. And I was like, bro, this don't make no sense. But remember, it's a mortgage. And I got, you know, well, one state. At least I right. got another room in another state. So that's more. Right. And then traveling back and forward, making sure family straight. I, I give you this. I, I make three generations worth of decisions. So when you think about, you know, moms, your grandmother. Right. To make sure she's taken care of, right? The, the day when she's no longer able to work, the question is going to be, okay, where she's going to live. So that's what this house is for. That's what the house is for, right? Or if she's able to make, you know, the car insurance payments and all that, that's what the car is for, right? So 
before she starts to experience those things in life that tends to make or break people, my logic is, let me get those things to make sure everything's secured. So even if I'm not able to work a day, let's say right now I'm not able to work anymore, I can guarantee she has a house. Even if I'm not able to work anymore, I can guarantee bills are paid. That's a relief, one. But when you look at me, I'm another generation. I have to make decisions for myself. I want to have family. I want to have kids. I want to do all those things, right? right? But finding someone to understand the logic of it's not just me, hmm. right? Right. Because it's not me being able to take care of my mother. That's great. It's being able to take care of my mother and the family. Right. But find somebody who have that level of patience. Oh, you bought mom's a house, huh? <laughs> All right. I'll be waiting on mine for Christmas. <laughs> right. Oh I can't do that. Oh, so, oh, you got mom's a car. Oh, all right, cool. So I was looking at the the Bentley or the BMW. That's that's going to be your option that you figure out for me since we helping oh, people. One or two. Right. And then when you think of the, the third generation of decisions, of course, nieces and nephews, but that's also my children as well. Right, because we all have a part. Well, they, you all have a part in our lives. Right. So when you look at decisions that have to be made, it's not just off of, financially doesn't make sense. I'm thinking in the event that my mother passed, my nieces and nephews don't have to worry about where do we, where can we go next? Where we're going to live. Right? So I, I'll give you this one. Since the vid, you know, that's what I call COVID. Since the vid happened, what I did was make sure my life insurance policy was updated, make sure my, you know, healthcare coverage and all that is straight because you never know what's going to happen. But when you're making three generations worth of decisions, you can't afford to be ignorant. You can't right, afford to neglect. Right. Got to be prepared. Right. Now, if it's just me, if I make a mistake, oh, well, on to the next one. <laughs> but when you see how that mistake affects other people, you can't afford to be slipping. Right. Yeah. You got anything else for me? Huh? Joe Byron. Oh. <laughs> um, well, everybody, thank you. Again, for this episode and the patience that you have, this episode, once again, was perspective that I have on my nephew. And I think the the next few episodes is going to be based off of me speaking to family members so that way I get their perspective and speak on a certain topic. Because a lot of the things that we discussed today may not have relevance today, but 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 40 years from now, right. something like this, somebody's going to discover. And it's going to change the way they look at life. So thank you all for your time and patience and for tuning in. Joe Byron. <laughs> Make sure you don't edit that out because that's 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 the key right now. That's that's what's popular right I'm now. I'm editing that out. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And there you have it, folks. Another episode. <laughs> if you made it this far, thank you for listening. If anyone wished to be a guest, please feel free to let us know. You can text the word guest to 855-691-4921. New episodes are released every other Friday. For more information, visit jcsupport.org. J as in just, C as in contribute, the word support.org. Check the description for details. To get updates when new episodes are available, text the word podcast to 855-691-4921.